the following podcast is intended for adults age 18 and up. Sexy voices make me think and that question. So how did you get started in kink? Sadists, sluts, subs, doms, and slaves. Here's a place where all are safe. in your ear licentiously pervertedly alluringly luring me i'll just be listening to massacast welcome to another episode of the massacast thanks for downloading and thanks to uh everyone who has been uh, donating as well for the past uh, few weeks it's really helps a lot and so thank you very much massacast.com also you can email me massacast at gmail.com uh, this week, something a little different. Every, uh, you know, every time I record an interview, I usually record uh, about a two-hour conversation and then, you know, edit it down to what you end up hearing. But there's a lot of stuff usually that I don't put in, not because it's not good, but just because there's not enough time to fit it in a 20 to 30-minute episode of the podcast. So today, I'd like to play for you some clips of some episodes, uh, stuff that didn't make the uh, final podcast. The first is Mistress Alex. We had a really great uh, conversation in her uh, dungeon studio, I guess you could call it, and um, uh, she had so many uh, great uh, thoughts and insights and thought I'd uh, share this one segment for, with, the, with you that didn't make it in the original. need men to allow for this kind of behavior as a rule. Just like women aren't really bred to be dominant, uh, you have to be able to rise above it and express yourself um, men are supposed to be a certain way. It's, it's really, you know, like I keep saying, it's re- I really feel for subs, uh, you know, because it's so hard for them to be public about it. It's extremely rare for a submissive guy or a masochist or, uh, you know, fetishist to be public about it and be out where it's a lot easier for women. And, that's because of uh, the way that they've been brought up and what's expected of them in society. And the other part of that is it's so dangerous for people to repress things, no matter who you are. It's just, we all, I mean, we all know why. I don't have to get into it. So that combination of things, the fact that men are bred to be a certain way and to be dominant and to not show, you know, they're feminine because all men, just like all women, have both masculine and feminine. Men aren't really allowed to show that. Um, and they all, in and the fact that they're really encouraged to repress anything that would be other than that. I feel like, you know, sure, you know, they're lying to someone. They're lying to their wife who believes that they're like that. But you know what? It's probably a way healthier, I, I, and I don't even want to say probably, I believe that it's way healthier for their relationship and for their relationship with society at large that they do that, you know? And sure, it's not all above board because if their wife or whoever knew about it or girlfriend, they would not be happy. Maybe they would break up or leave or divorce or whatever. And, you know, you got to pick your evils, but I feel like expressing yourself sexually is so incredibly important that if that's what you have to do and if you're doing it in such a way maybe it's real clandestine or whatever but you're re- they all make such an effort not to hurt anyone 
I feel like you have to allow that you and you have to encourage that because otherwise it's dangerous. I really feel it is. It's uh, more responsible for them to go to uh, yep. uh, a reputable professional than to meet someone at a bar, have unsafe sex, and right. or, or whatever. That or f- try and force their wife or loved one to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the other thing was, well, why don't they find someone who they can't? Well, you know, as we all know, it's just not that easy. Right. And you've gotten into a relationship with this person for whatever reason, and you click on all these other levels, and you have a family or whatever. Like, there's so many things. It's very complicated. You just can't say, well, just do this or just do that because it's the right thing to do. It's like, well, right has so many shades of gray in it. Yeah. You know, you got to pick the best option for yourself and for everyone. I recently found out that uh, if someone slaps me in the face, I cry instantly, right? (laughs) I know. And it sucks. Well, it's great if someone wants to see me cry, but it's not good at all for someone who likes to slap a lot and doesn't want to see me cry, right? Uh, God, why wouldn't somebody not want to see you cry? I think that's incredible. Well, I don't know because if, I mean, well, in my instance, someone did it and she did not, you know, for her, that was like the end of everything. And it was like the beginning... You know, we, we finally met. We had corresponded for a long time. We finally met. And, you know, almost right away, and I had no idea I had this reaction because I hadn't been slapped in the face before. You know? uh. So she slapped me in the face, and I just tear up right away. And I realized that it's because I associate with that. My submission is very much about being something that's good, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, humiliation I have no experience with or anything like that. But for me, slapping in the face is a negative thing, right? Yeah. So I guess my question is, is this something that can be unlearned or? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's all association and in in habit and experience and how much repetition. So, uh, if you're, especially if the scene involves you having so much fun in other ways, and the slap is incorporated, and the tears, then you're going to get used to that. You know, like I guess the thing that I was really thinking of with him was. Um, nipple torture in particular because that didn't happen a lot of other things happened pretty early on and that kind of came along later and it's just something that I've always gravitated to I just have a thing for nipples and so um, it took a long time and I don't I, I didn't do it intentionally I swear I didn't but over time I, there was tweaking and pinching of the nipples while we, while I was you know pounding his ass and whatever uh, generally yeah and so a little more and a little more and he he just got to really like it and and it's an amazing thing so yeah i mean that's a little different maybe than than the the slapping and the tearing but as far as being able to incorporate it i think that it's it depends on your association. You know, is it where is it rooted? Is is there a certain experience in your life? Well, you're probably not going to change like some kind of huge experience right. that you had that makes you feel a certain way. But if it's something like that, it's not so specifically rooted, and it just comes along with the whole package. And then you start really expecting it and waiting for it and wanting it. Then yeah, over time, that definitely could happen. Again, if you haven't listened to all of uh, Mistress Alex's. Uh podcast make sure you go back uh, into the archives and do and do so up next dove had a lot of stuff uh, to talk about with dove 
uh, as we sat in Central Park, which is the background noise you're about to hear. And uh, he's going to mention in this clip uh, uh, Gray, and he's referring to a great dancer who has a great podcast on rope called The Ropecast. Um, and so here's Dove and I talking about uh, Japanese rope bondage. And what is the what is the difference between shibari or Japanese rope bondage or different? I mean, because I know there's different times of Japanese bondage. And there's what is what is it? Why do people focus so much on that? And why is there no like Australian bondage? Or is there? <laughs> Oh, I could make so many good Australian, Australian jokes, rules bondage. I have a friend who just moved down there, and I know people there. And it, but it, how to put this exactly? Um, Japanese bondage is, uh, uh, or I will say, Japanese style bondage is very specific. Uh, you're looking about a culture that has rope built into it, and you have a, 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 a there's a martial art, martial art called uh, hojujitsu, which is the um, how do you how do you keep somebody in place after you've beaten them up using jitsu, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And um, there's a history of, of, of pornography history with it. There's a cultural history with it. Um, there's also, I would say, an apocryphal history with it. Because, you know, it's like if you look back at, at bondage in America, um, you know, people think, oh, my, bo- my, my God, bondage must have gone back forever. Well, actually, you can trace it pretty much back to Irving Claw. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm sure there was bondage before that. And, you know, if you look at John Coates, which was John Willie, there is. But not in the organized um, structured way that it is you know the Americans you know European uh, European American style can be can be summed up in the uh, dick dastardly you know uh, you know <laughs> have you now little Gwen <laughs> yeah, yeah, tying, you know, tying up on the railroad tying rail tracks with lots of half hitches down the body loops and stuff like that Dudley Do-Right shows Dudley up Dudley Do-Right yeah. I will save you now little oh, wait, wrong, wrong bad voice <laughs> yes you know. I'll save you now, little Nell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't you right there. Yes. Um, but, but you're right. That, that is kind yeah. of the extent of American... Yeah. Um, you know, Japanese bondage is very... It, it comes very much from a, very, uh, a, a certain style, which basically, um, actually, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gray just did an interview with Go Arasu, who's... Um, I heard uh, that, yeah. yeah he's, he's got... Wonderful books. I highly recommend. Yeah, <laughs> I, I highly recommend buying this man's books. Mm-hmm. They're they're very accessible and excellent for for learning from. Um, <laughs> see, I'm plugging a really cool, you know, real Japanese bondage. Look at that. But he's um, and there are others, you know, Random Eye uh, and such. Uh, but uh, the 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 whole point of this was one of the things he said and that was very important to me which is that once you've kind of learned all the basics you know the basics the rest is flower arranging and it's something that one of the first classes I did at ShibariCon uh, was a class with the insanely long name I can't even remember half of it which is uh, uh, you know uh, symmetry is not an option uh, flower arranging and Japanese bunch mm-hmm. something like that and it was basically about the fact that if you you take you, you have the basic Japanese forms, but if you break it down to the style, you know, how the knots are used and such, not, you can make anything look like Japanese bondage just by following that, you know, turn one, you know, curl one, knit two, and you've just knitted yourself a, a Japanese bondage thing yeah. or something. Um, and I'm, I'm sure a few people will go, like, oh my God, that's sacrilege, you know, yeah. but the reality of it is it's patterns. And the patterns are very useful. They, they come from how do you restrain, you know, a, a small samurai or, or a thief, you know, somebody. And they're very effective. Um, they are very adaptable for suspension. Um, there's been some interesting cross-pollination, which, again, people go, oh, my God, you know, you're, you're, um, you can't, uh, can't say that. But if you look at uh, Japanese bondage uh, porn from the 1960s to the 70s uh, or even earlier, um, and especially when the, more specifically when the Internet opened up, um, 
you see a lot of the Japanese tires actually adapting things that the you know Europeans were doing and vice versa. Um, There's some very unsafe looking suspensions from the early Japanese stuff, which suddenly got really you know better when certain guys in, in America who had uh, mountain climbing experience did you know. And I'm not saying you know that anyone's stealing from anywhere else because we're all stealing from everywhere else. Yeah. I mean it's it's, it's this serious form of flattery. People in, in rope who are yes. into rope are more obsessed. Uh, not obsessed. They're more. <laughs> there are. There's like more like. Assessment. There's more likely to be people who are like. Well, well, this isn't real. There, there, there's more likely people who are like. Well, this isn't real Shibari. Yeah. It's like. It's like if you yes. were to teach. Uh, if you were to teach. If you were to have a strap-on convention. Right. You wouldn't have some person show up and go and say. Oops, uh, you wouldn't have some person show up and go. Well, you're using a field zone, so this is not a strap-on convention at all. You know. You know what I'm saying? Is that? Yeah. You probably wouldn't see that. Um, is, is, maybe is it just the nature of someone who really is into rope that maybe that. Again, it, it's people's perception where they are with things and how much of an asshole they want to be about it. Um, uh, yeah, they, I, there's some really pure stuff, but even even the uh, I don't know. It, it gets to a point where I look at it and go, like, I'm learning. I, I've never looked at myself as a ma- I will never call myself a master of anything mm-hmm. because for everything for me, it's a journey. It's it's you're learning as you go. I mean, uh, what I used to do with whips ten years ago, I don't do now. Uh, what I do with ropes 10 years, you know, 20 years ago, my mm-hmm. life, I don't do now. Uh, and it's a growth structure and how you grow with it and also what, what it means to you. Uh, I think that a lot of people who are very stuck in the mud about it, you know, oh, I must be this way, they're at that stage in their development. When they get further along, they'll either get their head out of their ass or they'll realize, or they'll, they'll keep in their ass. Just after uh, I recorded that with Dove, we were walking and, and ended up running into uh, Troy Orleans, who was in the last episode of the podcast. And uh, they started, sat down, and you know, we were all just talking, and, and their conversations turned in a certain way. And I thought, oh, this, I've got to start recording this. So I whipped out the microphone, which is the only thing you're legally allowed to whip out, by the way, in Central Park. And I started recording them, and uh, they had a really great conversation. So here's, uh, here's what they had to say together. <laughs> See, but I don't know. Like, can, can you can you go on record about whether or not you bought them? I guess part of why I ask is that I know when I first started going to ShibariCon, mm-hmm. which was really my first exposure to anything other than femdom, pro femdom, I should even say. So, uh, so and then more importantly, New York City pro femdom. Yeah. <clears throat> so I get to so I get to ShibariCon, and I remember walking in and uh, there was something like uh, it was that weird energy and I'm at the registration thing and they have the little flags you can buy to put on your the tags you put on your ID card and so so I get the little so I go to get the little tag and they say oh well it costs a dollar fifty and I think I had a dollar twenty five and so I say to the guy behind me can I borrow a quarter? And he goes, uh, only if you love me, you know, what are you gonna love what are you gonna give me for it? And I said, um a single tail? And he goes, and he says, Oh, I'll, I'd love to single tail you. And I said, No. <laughs> I'd single tail you. And he goes, Nobody whips me. <laughs> Just thought, really? <laughs> for a quarter? <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty cheap single tail. You know, I'd, I'd get my money back for that one. Yeah. Um, Come on, dude. We, we, need, we need a little more cash advance here. Not so much. But, you know, it, it, but it was just—it was just the sort of like, 
you know, there was there were so many guys that I'd met. And I was like, well, so when you're in a hog tie, what happens? And he's like, well, I've never been in a hog tie. I'm a rope top, girly. <laughs> How to add the girly thing there? You know, and I'm just, I'm just sort of looking at him and going, "What's the big freaking deal?" You, you know, there's a lot of people within the rope community who, for them, being tied up is not a submissive thing. It's I enjoy it. It's comfortable. I mean, I have a friend who, uh, who used to um, love being tied up, not because it was a submissive or, or you know, a violent thing, but it reminded her of when she was a kid and she had been paralyzed as a kid. She had an illness that had paralyzed her, and um, it was people took care of her. It was comfort mm-hmm. food. It was warm. It was cut. It was a big fat hug, you know. Mm-hmm. And the really good t- rope tops are the ones who, yeah, hey, tie me. I'll tie me up too because they want right. to the other side. And I've been tied up too. I mean, it's like it's fun. Um, I enjoy it. It's you know, um, uh, I, I don't get asked a lot when I'm at Shirok. I guess people do have an assumption. I remember we were talking earlier about I never know how people um, view me. And I know people who basically look at me as this, you know, you are D O V, you know, it's dub, you know, I'm like, yeah, okay, now would you like to meet me? You know, because it's their perception of what I am, I'm this evil person, and I won't, and I'm like, you know, I kind of don't mind being tied up in that respect. It's kind of fun sometimes. You're you know? evil? So I've been told. I missed that part. It's okay. Um, I had an interesting conversation, actually. <laughs> sure. And because Lee had a blue handkerchief in his back pocket, <laughs> right. and I said, what is that signal? And he said, blue means I like to get fucked. And I yep. said, oh, okay. And, he, and he's talking about like how important it was that because people sort of think that because of who he is for whatever right. reason that he doesn't like to get fucked. Right. And, and so he was saying, you know, we just have to make it obvious for, you know, and I figure if I flag it, if I put it out there, then yeah. maybe somebody will get the idea. And he goes, sure enough, I got fucked real good last night. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, that's good yeah. for you. And one of the things that we that that we were talking about was this whole idea of being of giving people the ability to approach with confidence. Right. That like we all make these assumptions about the people that we see in the scene. Like, oh well, that's Dove. He's a top. I could never ask him to right. bottom for me in rope. You know, even if right. I just want to practice. Say, I want to practice a chest harness mm-hmm. on a guy, but I'm not going to ask Dove to do it because. Yeah. Or um, I, I freaked somebody out once by saying, "Here, do, do the tie on me." And they're like, uh, 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 uh. "I'm like, no, it's okay. It's great." We're, we're, we're exactly. I did this party once, the tag party, which I believe. <laughs> Our friend Axe came to. And the tag party was a, was an idea that I had because I was so frustrated with going to play parties mm-hmm. and never actually anybody really playing. Right. So I had this idea where everybody had to, when they walk in the room... Okay, yes, it's the Upper West Side, but still. <laughs> it was a whole unitary of the hair to the clothing. Air and space? I don't know. Yeah, basically. Planetarium? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, but anyway, so it, so everybody who came in, um, first of all, if you came in, you had to be willing to play. Right. And you had to write on a card the three things that you were interested in doing, okay. whether as a top or a bottom or both, right. know, like whatever. So, and I believe I have this right, because I may have a little bit of the details wrong, even though it was my party. And then the rule was that everybody had to agree to play, mm-hmm. which meant that whether you were a top or bottom, however you identified, you could ask anyone else in the room. Sure. To play with you with whatever was on Great their idea. tag. Mm-hmm. So if I had on my tag, uh, you know, will top for rope, single tail, or 
hair pulling. Mm-hmm. Will bottom for strap on play. I don't know. <laughs> I think it was rope as well. Yeah, okay. We'll bottom for rope, although it's it's really not a bottom. For, I'll, I'll, I'll bottom for flogging. I love to bottom for flogging. Okay. Um, and so BF. <laughs> BF play. And so, uh, and so, but so therefore, right. if anybody came up to me, they could only ask for those things. Sure. They couldn't say, oh well, I know that you really also like to do. You know, I really want to get spanked. Could you yeah. spank me? Well, no, spank is not on my card. But if it's on their card, okay. then I could say to them, right. you do it to them, hey, do you want me to spank you? Mm-hmm. I'll spank you. Come over here, honey, and let me put you <laughs> over my knee. <laughs> Well, that, was, that was one of the few play parties I actually not only played at, but I played twice. Well, yeah. The, the Everybody really played. Yeah. Everybody played at that party. Yeah. You have to have more of I, I was thinking about that. I'm going to have another That's an one. excellent idea. I mean, one of the things with facilitating parties is having the gimmick to get people doing it. It's like um, a friend of mine was talking about, you know, if I wanted sex to happen at a, a um, uh, one of the play parties I did over the summer... Uh, uh, I need to turn down the lights. I need to set things up so that people would be conducive for doing it. Because if you just gave, just giving them the space wasn't enough, you had to set the mood. And having a little, you know, the tags is a great idea because it's like it it, it, it reduces the, um, oh, I can't talk to that person. Well, and not only that, but also, oh, I don't know what he or she is into. Right. Or, well, I really want to do this, but I mm-hmm. don't know. I mean, in yeah. this way, you go up to someone and immediately you can, immediately your imagination is peaked. Oh, I would love to spank you. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, I like your tag. Let's, yeah. let's our tags get together. Yeah, exactly. Look at look at that. That tag is team. a good tag. But the rule was, yeah. the rule was, and this is an important rule, okay. and this is coming from, you know, having gone to a lot of fetish parties in New right. York. You only had to say yes for five minutes, ten minutes. Okay. That's you, you had to say yes. If someone asked you to play, if it was on your card, you had to say yes, and you right. had to play with them for five minutes. At the end of the five minutes, then you could say, hey, that was great. Thanks so much. Right. You know, and then I'm off for the next tag. I'm but, collecting tags tonight. But you've stepped in and you've done. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And that and that actually is a wonderful way of negotiation because it's 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 um, it reduces that you know I'm gonna stand here and just watch. Exactly, yeah. and it's only yeah. five minutes. And then if you if at the end of five minutes, if you want to keep going, mm-hmm. you can say, well, yeah, but you know, you want to sure. keep the party rolling. Yes, yeah, sure, absolutely, this is great. Sure. But it's, if you don't want to, there's no harm, no, no foul no. to say, okay, we're done, thanks, yeah. because <laughs> even I can put up with something that I'm not all that right. keen on for five minutes. But in the end, it's on my card. Right. So you read to the- I've already said that I'm keen on it. Sure. Well, it's like the Burning Man, uh, the Burning Man uh, adage, uh, there are no uh, voyeurs, only, you know, everyone's a participant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the idea of participating. And unfortunately, I think for most king things, people talk a great game and they go to things. But the very nature of the, of the product, so to speak, unless you've got something like that there, or uh, does not allow people to really focus. It doesn't allow them to step out of themselves and go, okay, I'm here to play. They go, well, I'll just stand over here. I, there's really nobody I want. You're, you're, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're in speed dating kind of thing. You, know, every, you have five minutes. Okay, convince them. Okay, next one. No, you know. And you get involved in the whole process of it versus you know, which is fun. I mean, you know, it's think of any birthday party you've ever been to where somebody, you know, you know, 
didn't do pin on the pin the tail on the donkey. It's a great game to get everyone happy because it's like, you know, <laughs> especially because I used to peek and like run off and try and pin other people with the donkey. You did not. Yes, I did. <laughs> I started young. I was I was like, Dove, why do you keep poking Mary in the butt with the pin? You know, I was like, because it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, but <laughs> it's amazing shit you can get away with when you're when you're young. I mean, you know, it's nowadays not so much. But yeah, it's the plant bukkake. Yes. yes. This is, by the way, this is this is my uh, terminology for um, for allergy season. Yeah. It's it's plant bukkake. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just I just had to get that in, so it's now going to be out there. <laughs> no, you know, if you're having trouble, you're basically being sprayed by you know <laughs> trees that just want to you know have little trees, and you're it. You know? <laughs> it was a, a lot of fun. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we ended up meeting up with Troy there. Um, up next is my friend Ayla. Uh, she she brings around this toolbox whenever she goes to play parties, and so I wanted to uh, ask her about what's what's in the toolbox. I'll ask you like some of the other things, just generally what you're into. But first, what's in the toolbox? Because that'll give us a little hint. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just curious what's in there. Um, a uh, spandex hood. Okay. Saran wrap. Right. A couple of rolls. Right. Um. Bondage mittens. Right. Um, needles. Wow, okay. Neosporin. Blades, like uh, surgical blades. Right. Um, colorful string. Uh, Itty bitty clips, the real painful little fuckers that you wouldn't expect to be so painful. Right. Um, I'm waiting for something that just comes out of out of the blue, like and a cheese Danish, you know. <laughs> but no, what else? Uh, duct tape. Okay. Lubrication and gloves. Okay. So cutting, piercing, and saran wrap. That's right. mainly what I want. That's uh, I know that you are. I mean. Those, I mean, those aren't too crazy, you know. I mean, but who really is going to let someone cut them when they don't know them? Oh, that's. I mean, that's true. Maybe some, but right. not many. Piercing might be much, a little more acceptable. But definitely saran wrap. Definitely saran wrap. So I, I come very well prepared right. for wrapping. Um, oh, and I've got my safety scissors, of course, so right. that I could cut out the important parts after they're wrapped. And, right. You know, stuff like that. Okay, I've got a bunch of pervy questions after that. But um, so, are those your big? Just generally speaking, those are your uh, those are your big kinks. In uh, is there anything else outside of that that uh, are those? I guess the reason why I'm asking if those are your big ones is because those are the ones that, uh, those are the needs that you have the biggest desire to have fulfilled more, you know, sooner, I should say. Yeah. Um, so those are the primaries. What what else is on the, what else is, you know, lower on the list? Once you get those taken care of, you go, okay, now I can take care of these low-lying branches. Um, well, those I mean, I don't, I don't fetishize those three things, but those are really the three main things that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to do piercing, but I like doing piercing in different ways. I like piercing so that I can weave designs, uh, you know, use them as use the 
needles as kind of hooks so that I can weave designs with the string. I, yeah. I need I need what I make out of this person to be beautiful, artistic right. in some way. So I like doing artistic piercing and cutting and I like caning. There's one of those things. I don't bring the cane with me, but I really love caning. I like things that will last for days and days. I want what I do to be felt for days and days. Because for me, that's like having sex with the person for days and days. Wow, that's, that's a good point. No, it's definitely spiritual. Yeah. Um, which is why it's so incredibly intimate, which is why it's not just anyone with me, and it's why I need the right person. Right. Even if it's only going to be once and... We're, we're going to be bonded forever after that. There are people that I've played with only once, and we have a very, very special relationship now. Right. Because what I, how I play is with my, what my main toy to play with is my soul. Mm -hmm. And theirs. Right. And I need to access that. And if I don't, then it's just kind of like whatever, and we don't end up having that bond that seems to last after obviously everyone has unrealistic fantasies right mm. um what unrealistic fantasies do you have like in i know someone who fantasizes about stable having a stable of of dudes right what is your unrealistic thing that you just if for some reason the great gazoo from <laughs> the flintstones showed up what would you have i would have my best friend be my partner for the rest of my life but us only having um play interactions from time to time that wouldn't emotionally complicate the friendship that's my fantasy completely unrealistic okay hold on that's not nearly as sexy as i was hoping i was hoping for like that's my fantasy all right you asked all right does it involve you want like me to manufacture something for you could you I make up let me ask again could you make up a fantasy it would satisfy this question? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I wish I could have a boy in one closet and a girl in another closet that I would feed with pizzas and pancakes and straws to bowls of water every day that I'd open the closet every once in a while and just shove their head into my crotch. Right. That's because awesome. that's all I want is to get my clit sucked. I knew it. <laughs> I had I had you pinned. <laughs> Hold on, I've got an envelope with your fantasy written down here. Let's see if I got it right. <laughs> what about clothing? I mean, the, clothing seems to be really interconnected with uh, the scene, and I don't. I still don't understand why that is. Well, every subculture has its uniform, right? Like, right. if you're goth, you wear this. If right. you're if you're fetish, you wear that. If you're hippie, you wear that. Sure. If you're, you know, every every subculture has its uniform. I guess. We happen to have these, you know, black studded leather or vinyl or, you know, and we have our own uniform. I mean, I know you have fetish clothing. Sure. In fact, the very first time I saw you, you were being lubed up. Well, we at were at the rubber ball. Yeah, and I know. You have to wear... I, that still doesn't <laughs> don't I'm just saying well you wouldn't have gone to the rubber ball had you not been interested in rubber right well what, I went to the last rubber ball and I spoke to the I, I was on the phone and emailing with the with the gentleman that puts it on saying please let me 
not have to wear rubber because right. I hate wearing rubber. Really? I hate it. I hate it. It drives me crazy. Is, oh, okay. So what is it about rubber? Is it because it's so clingy or... The fucking sweat. Right. Like, it's just disgusting. And it pools in the wrong places. And it's just a bad scene. <laughs> I don't like being left with all that shit all over my skin just so that I could get into the outfit. I've right. got to lube myself up with this silicone. And then the silicone's on my skin. And even after I take a shower, it, like it's still there. And it's, ugh. Okay, so hold on. When I first saw you, yes, we were at the rubber ball. I remember thinking, holy fuck, right? Look at that incredibly attractive woman. And she's being lubed up by some dude, right? And I remember just thinking, oh, okay, well, they're obviously together. Uh, but you appeared to be really enjoying the process of being lubed up by someone. Um, I just remember thinking that uh, you really appeared to enjoy it. But no, it was just because you wanted to go to the event. That's the only reason why you wore it. I wanted to go to the event. I had the outfit. Right. Who, who doesn't like having hands rub, rubbing all over their body? Like, that's nice. Howard Hughes? It feels, it feels good. So, of course, I enjoyed being all lubed up. Howard Hughes? That wasn't funny? I, don't, I didn't get the reference. He's the, he's the shut-in. He was the guy who created the, great, the, the spruce ghosts, and he was the shut-in. He had his fingernails really long, insane guy. Okay. Pete in jars. He was a multi-millionaire. Okay. Never mind. Sorry. Pan Am. Sorry. All right. Okay. Trust me, it was freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she for some reason, uh, doesn't find me as funny as I do. I know it's hard to believe. But, um, up next, my conversation with Mr. Saad. And uh, again, all these people I highly recommend. If you haven't listened to their uh, episodes, go back and listen. If they're not in the podcast feed... On iTunes, you can go to the website, massacast.com, and, and go through the archives there and listen to them. Uh, up next, Mistress Saad. Uh, we sat down in Central Park, and again, there was some stuff that just didn't make it to the final episode, but it's definitely worth playing for you, so... There are... Uh, it seems to me uh, they're, they're sadists uh, you know, have different tastes as far as what type of masochist they prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the kind of masochist that I, I, I really do actually. I, I, I love playing with a sadist, but at the same time, I can't stand pain. I hate pain, and I don't like pain. Aww. But I love taking pain for a masochist, right? It's almost I don't know if it's a service thing or a pleasing thing or whatever. But I also like the feeling when I, when it when I do enter subspace, and I do, I do like being able to scream when it really hurts, you know, whatever. And I like getting into that space where nothing else exists except for the person who's doing it, you know. Uh, I don't get physically aroused by it, um, but I do still consider myself a masochist in that if I'm playing with a sadist, that um, I really enjoy taking the pain for her, and I like the feeling of control that that it, you know that that mm. comes with it. See, I would still think of you as just a service-oriented submissive mm-hmm. and not a masochist, because I think a masochist is somebody who gets off on. Well, a physical masochist, not an emotional one that's into humiliation and stuff, mm-hmm. but gets off on what they're feeling and that whole interaction. I like 
a lot of different types of masochists. I'm all over the place. Sometimes I like the ones that say, no, no, and they deny they mm-hmm. like it. I totally got that from Exit to Eden. I mm-hmm. stole my mother's video and like watched it a million times, the spanking scene with the brush. Mm-hmm. You like it, don't you? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, I fucking love that. When they really like it and they say no. Um, but the ones that turn me on the most are the ones that moan in absolute ecstasy when you're doing really painful things mm-hmm. to them. Oh, God. I just, I can't even express. It just, like, makes me want to <laughs> jump on top of them. And <laughs> the uh, Central Park Conservatory is going to be upset just from you ripping out all the grass <laughs> that whenever you get frustrated like that. Not frustrated, just no, yeah, turned yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, maybe that is frustrating. It could be. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, I find myself craving pain, though. You know, I find myself craving that interaction. Um, so maybe you are a masochist. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's hard to say because I mean, I, but I, I, I never, um, you know, it's not like I, I, I've, I think it's too much or anything like that, and I really am enjoying it while it's happening. But uh, intellectually, I can't stand the pain. But for some reason, I don't want it to stop. I, I, it's, I, I still, I haven't. Maybe I haven't experienced enough. Of, and I, there's plenty of pain I have not uh, yet experienced. So uh, we're gonna have to play. <laughs> and I think we should record the audio for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'll have to. I'll have to get an external hard drive just in case you like to play for hours or something. <laughs> we'll um, see how good you are. Right. Well, I, that's just that's the other thing is that uh, um, uh, it's funny because the, there there are you know what what exactly makes a good submissive, and that's uh, or. I, Sometimes making what makes a good submissive is not always the same. I don't mean a good submissive. I mean a good play partner. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Is that is that making a good? How quickly do you satisfy me? Well, and that's the question. Is that because how does one, uh, uh, especially if you're going to play with someone for the first time, if we were to play, that would be that would be like, that would be the question. Is like how 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 would one satisfy you if the one one plays with you? Just be honest. Right. Don't try to do what you think I want. Mm -hmm. Just exist in the moment respond honestly when I ask you a question respond honestly that's easy enough that's it right there's no thing to do that mm. just feels manipulative right and and that but that's that's what I'm saying is that um, one of the one of the things that is, is very well, con- I want to clarify that I don't mean Focusing on what turns somebody on and doing that for them is manipulative. I mean, trying to force somebody to play with you longer than they intend, than they naturally want to, mm-hmm. is manipulative. But. Yeah, right. No, I can I can see that. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Um, I have a friend. She uh, she's she's told me that she said uh, she said I'll play with you, but first you have to ask me for something. You have to ask me for what you want to do. And um, you know why? I, I don't know why, to be honest. I, well, I know she has her reason, and I know it's because um, um, I don't ask for things, and I think she wants to make me... I think she likes the idea of making me... forcing me to ask for something. Um, there's that. There's also the fact that when somebody comes to me and says, I want you to dominate me, I want you to make me submissive, that's so vague. Mm-hmm. It's like, I exist as a dominant. I can't make you feel submissive. If you say, I like to be spanked, we both understand what that means. And if that gets you into subspace, fine, great, Mm -hmm. you know? But if I don't know you, I don't know how to make you go into a submissive state. And so just saying, I want you to dominate me, is like, 
well, shit. <laughs> and that means what exactly? Yes. Well, but no, but in this context, she said, she's, she said, I, I'm totally, I'd really like to play with you, but you have to ask me for what you want first. And to which I said, well, I don't know what you enjoy, so how do I know what I'd want to do, you know? Um, and she's like, ah, oh, that frustrates me so much, you know? Like, uh-huh. Because like, uh, she wasn't asking for what you want to do with her. She was asking what you want, what you like. Yes, but... And I, you were still trying to make it about her because that's your submissive side coming out, yes. trying to not make it about you. Yes. When she was asking a question about you, just right. you. But at the same time, like, if I were to say, well, what would I like? Well, okay, I'd like... I'd like you to invite five of your, you know, attractive friends over and uh, strip me naked while I go down on all of you, and then uh, uh, then reunite the Beatles, and you know, that's what I'd that, like. Uh, it's yeah, not going to happen, you know. Frankenstein for that one. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we need the resurrection. They're all dust by now. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, well, what I'd like is probably uh, too unrealistic. You know, like I what. Because if someone, if a woman I'm attracted to asks me what I'd like to do, it doesn't matter if it's whether it's realistic or not. That's what role plays for. You can have the most absurd fantasies. Sure, you want me to bring over five of my best friends? Fine. I will put a blindfold on you. I will set up five chairs. I will talk in different voices and sit in different chairs while I drag you over and make you eat me out five times. Um, All things are possible with role play. So just because your fantasy doesn't seem like it's realistic doesn't mean it's not worth sharing. But yeah, just so you know, I, I do listen to that audio over and over and over again. Um, so there you have it. First ever clip show. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more clip shows uh, in the future. But if you have any comments, uh, massacast at gmail.com. You can also go to massacast.com. You can go there to donate. Um, really helps out the show helps pay for bandwidth and new equipment I'm slowly getting enough money to buy some new equipment for the podcast so thank you very much for for doing so and uh, feel free to leave a voicemail as well 917-720-7304 thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you later bye bye